welcome to episode six of the session series from the Georgia Chamber podcast. We're your hosts, Kayla Robertson and Katie Duval. I cannot believe that we are already six weeks into the legislative session. We are at the point where things are moving super fast. Legislators in both chambers are scrambling to get things finalized before crossover day. Crossover day is coming up in just a couple of weeks on February 29th. That's right. We are at the point here where everyone at the Capitol is running around crazy trying to get their legislation passed in its final form through their respective committees and then again through their respective chambers before crossover day. The legislature will actually complete Legislative Day 22 tomorrow. If you're listening to this podcast, hopefully you're listening to it bright and early on Friday morning, Friday, February 16th, which is Legislative Day 22. So like you said, we are already past that halfway point of the 40-day legislative session, and we have crossover day two weeks from today on February the 29th. So it's it's hectic, it's chaotic, but for a lot of us, that's why we keep coming back and why we love this job so much on a good day. Exactly. It definitely keeps things interesting, and there are no two days that are the same here at the Capitol. But this week, we did see some key legislative action taking place with several of our support position bills and our scorecard bill. And then our Government Affairs Council took positions on a few pieces of legislation as well. So we'll cover the highlights there, but let's start with some of the key legislative action we saw this week. To start, I'm excited to say that once again... We are coming to you with great news on the tort reform front. We saw more positive movement with SB 426. And again, SB 426 is that direct action bill from Senator Blake Tillery. Yes, good news indeed. I was a little nervous last week that I may have jinxed us. But on Tuesday, February the 13th, Senate Bill 426 passed out of the Senate with a vote of 46 to 2. Like you mentioned, this is Blake Tillery's direct action bill, which clarifies the circumstances under which the insurer of a motor carrier may be brought into a lawsuit. And it brings Georgia closer to um, a lot of states across the country, actually. The majority of states where direct action against insurers is pretty uncommon. So with seven days left until crossover, we already have a piece of tort legislation that's made it across the Capitol. And we have the eternal optimism that we can see some additional pieces move between now and midnight on February 29th. What other legislative action did we see happening this week? We saw a few things happen this week. First of all, on Monday, we saw House Bill 1033, the Utility Workers Protection Act that we've talked about a couple times, pass out of the House unanimously with a vote of 161 to 0. As a reminder, this is a bill from Representative Rob Leverett that increases penalties for any person committing the offense of aggravated assault against a utility worker while such worker is acting within the scope of their employment or performing official duties. As I mentioned a few weeks ago, utility worker can include a number of different individuals, such as those providing gas, heat, electricity, water, telecommunication, sewer, cable, video, internet, and even railroad services. It's now going to head across the Capitol to the Senate, where it has been assigned to the Senate Judiciary Committee for consideration. We are sitting here recording on Thursday afternoon, and earlier today, House Bill 808 from Representative Mike Chokas passed out of the House Ways and Means Ad Valorem Subcommittee. As a reminder, House Bill 808 would raise the exemption threshold for tangible personal property tax from $7,500 to $50,000 and reach the point of elimination in 2028. This would alleviate burdensome regulation for both business owners and the local tax assessors who have to collect these taxes. And it could be heard in the Full Ways and Means Committee as soon as tomorrow morning. We have an 8 a.m. meeting scheduled for Full Ways and Means. So we'll certainly keep you posted as that continues to move. 
This afternoon, prior to recording, we saw Senate Bill 362 move through the House Industry and Labor Committee, and it passed out on a party line vote after over an hour of testimony in both support and opposition of that bill. As a refresher, this legislation comes from Governor's Floor Leader Mike Hodges, and it aims at incentivizing secret ballot elections and union organizing. And it would bar businesses from receiving state economic incentives for new projects if they do not allow for secret ballot. This bill would not apply to companies where an existing employment contract states that future votes will be by card check, and it only applies to companies that are receiving defined state economic development incentives at the facility in which those incentives are given. So as I mentioned, it passed out of the House Committee, so it will continue to move now to House rules. That is it for our legislative updates this week, but our Government Affairs Council took support positions on several very important bills, and we also have a new scorecard bill to go over So let's start there. By this point, I hope everyone has listened to our first episode where we outlined the Chamber's 2024 priorities. And if you have, you know that housing availability is an issue that has been a top priority for us over the last couple of years. Our team has worked closely with the Georgia Realtors, GMA, ACCG, and several other statewide organizations as we have sought to find a solution for the lack of housing availability here in Georgia. This week, the Georgia Chamber took up support and scorecard positions on HB 1266. Again, scorecard positions are reserved for the legislation that deals with issues of the utmost importance or our top priority for the business community, and housing continues to be one of those issues. So, Katie, tell us a little bit about HB 1266. So, House Bill 1266 is by Representative Dale Washburn, who we have worked really closely with over the past couple of years on the workforce housing issue. And it is a carrot approach bill to local communities to further incentivize the development of workforce housing. And it was brought about, like I said, through the work that Dale Washburn has been doing the past couple of years surrounding workforce housing and also um, a number of groups coming together to to make this legislation um, reality. Those include uh, the Chamber, of course, the Transportation Alliance, GMA, you mentioned ACCG, the Realtors. A number of groups have come together to make this bill possible, and we are happy to support and both scorecard it. And we also took up a support position on another housing bill, HB 283. And Katie, I know you're really excited to talk about this one because it's not only a housing bill, it is also a tax bill. Kayla, you know the way to my heart. It's the week of Valentine's Day, and the way to my heart is talking about taxes. (laughs) This bill by Representative Beth Camp landed in the GAC Economic Development Taxation and Tourism Committee this week, and it creates sales tax parity between stick-built or on-site-built homes and manufactured or off-site-built single-family homes. Manufactured homes are currently taxed on the sales price when they're first sold to the buyer, and this is different from stick-built homes, which are taxed only on the materials. House Bill 283 creates the sales tax parity between these homes, lowering taxes for consumers trying to qualify to attain home ownership. As you've mentioned, it aligns with the chamber priority of increased access to affordable and or workforce housing. Our GAC Education Committee had a couple of bills come across their desks this week that we did take support positions on. So the first of those bills was SB 235, and it is also known as the HBCU Innovation and Economic Prosperity Planning Districts Act. Katie, can you explain what this bill does? Sure. Senate Bill 235 is by Senator Sonia Halpern, and she actually dropped it last year. It's just moving its way through the legislative process again And it would create HBCU Economic Prosperity Planning Districts, and those are a first-of-its-kind measure that would center solely around HBCUs and the communities that they serve. 
These planning districts would become vehicles to secure state, federal, and private funding to put towards community development, economic development, workforce development around our state's HBCUs. And there are 10 of those in Georgia, five of which are in Metro Atlanta. These these districts would help to maximize federal and state funds for the schools in each area who typically rely on grants and private donations to operate. The districts would focus on building upgrades, bringing in affordable housing for the schools and their students, small businesses, and grocery options to these historically underfunded communities. The hope is that the development will also create revenue streams for the schools in the future should this bill pass. We also took up a support position on HB 1124. This is another higher education bill that would allow lottery funds to be used to provide grants for students who have made it to about the 80% mark in their degree program, but they're just not able or they're thinking about not being able to finish because of financial burdens. Right. So House Bill 1124 is by Representative Chuck Martin, who's also the chair of the House Higher Education Committee. And it extends that last mile grant to help those traditional and non-traditional students finish their post-secondary education. Like you said, they get to about the 80% mark and for whatever reason may not feel that they're able to finish and this helps them to do that. It ensures that students who are enrolled in USG or TCSG system schools as well as some other credentialed programs in the state will have access to these dollars. These dollars go on to help students pay for regular life hurdles such as childcare or rent that may get in the way of schooling to also ensure that they have the financial capacity to finish their education or training. Katie, I think you have a couple of political updates for everyone. I do, and I will also just add, those were only a couple of the bills we took up this week. You know, we we would be here till tomorrow recording if we talked about the number of bills that we've taken positions on this week. So I don't want our listeners to think that we're only taking up a few. Um, I think I've got 17 or 18 bills that I personally have positions on through the committee work that I'm doing. So I know that Cosby and Nancy have a number of others as well. So just want y'all to keep that in mind. But yes, on the political side, we do have a couple of elections coming up soon. First, there's going to be a runoff election on March 12th for that race to fill a Barry Fleming seat in House District 125. That's going to be between the two top vote receivers in that district, which were Gary Richardson and C.J. Pearson. Neither of them were able to get the constitutional majority to win that outright, so they'll be going into a runoff on March the 12th. There will also be an election on April the 9th in Harris and Muskogee counties for Georgia House District 139, which was held by the late Richard Smith. So if you're in either of those districts, make sure you do your research to get out and vote for the candidate of your liking. And finally, I will add one more um, good news, I guess. It was announced earlier today that Representative Butch Parrish of Swainsboro will be assuming the role of rules chairman following the passing of the late Richard Smith. We really look forward to working with him in this new capacity as we continue advancing legislation to benefit Georgia's business community. All right, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Before we go, I did want to let everyone know about an upcoming event. We are going to be hosting our Future of Talent and Workforce Summit on February 27th at the Georgia Tech campus. We're going to be hearing from several speakers like Stuart Countess, who is president and CEO of Kia Georgia, Pedro Cherry, who is our current chairman and president and CEO of Atlanta Gaslight. Chancellor Sonny Perdue will be there, and Superintendent Richard Woods is also on the agenda, among many others. We're going to spend the day talking about workforce development initiatives and what we are doing to ensure that the next generation of talent is prepared to enter the workforce. So if you're interested in joining us, please visit gachamber.com backslash events to register. Thanks, everyone. See you next week. 